just go for it. We're here together. Once again. Which is the best place to be. Yeah. Friends. Together. Forever. Talking about a book. Called Dune. 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 That's how I said to other people. I was like, hey, have you read Dune? (laughs) They're like, you mean Frank Herbert's number one best-selling science fiction series classic, Dune? I'm like, no, no, no. No. Dune. (laughs) Hey, everybody, what's up? It is Sarah. And Liz. From Everything But The Book. And today, we are really switching gears because we're going to have a little chitsy chat about Frank Herbert's soon-to-be-a-major-motion picture. (gasps) Starring Timothy Cabernet, Chalamet... Zendaya, Oscar Isaacs, Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. Probably more famous people. Um, what's his name? Not Josh Groban. Um, <laughs> Josh Groban. Josh Groban did the soundtrack. He's out singing it. Josh Brolin. Brolin. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Josh Groban. The Anyways, that dude. So, admittedly, uh, I only read this book because the movie's coming out. Same. I had zero intent or wish to read it beforehand i bought it because i wanted to read it but i had no excitement to read it like it was it wasn't in my like close tbr it was in my long-term tbr yeah like way way far away years down the road yeah. maybe i'll read frank herbert's number one best-selling classic science dune. fiction classics yes <laughs> obviously the landmark of science fiction dude um so I bought this in an airport bookstore. Did you really? I did. Which airport? No, no, have to ask. Uh, I think it was Detroit. 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 That's actually a really nice airport. I just came yeah. through there recently. Detroit's nice. I like it. I didn't like how. I've never liked this about airports. Sorry about this tangent. I've never liked that airport restaurants always close around eight. Like. Flights come in all all the time. Like, why not hire like a night shift? I barely got Qdoba. Now you've gone and done it. I have <laughs> such a freaking issue with airports, and I get right now that there is a worker shortage. However, you want to, however you want to refer to it, there are less people working in the service industry. Probably due to the fact that they don't get paid enough and they get treated like shit. Correct. But other than that. But I have always thought, why the hell am I walking through an airport at noon on any given day and nothing's open? Did they, like, have somebody in there doing the stats on when they see the most people and that's the only time anything's ever open? Like, I'd, it, it's crazy. If, it, if it's midnight, that I get. Oh, what? everything's closed in an airport because I took a run, I fly. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I would get, like, anything up to 10. 10 o'clock, maybe 10.30 is, like, the cutoff time yeah. for, like, a night like the middle service. of the goddamn day? I mean, I went, I got there at 8.30, and my flight was in the, like, A6. I traveled to A50 to try to find some food, because I was mega hungry, hadn't eaten all day, and I'm getting cranky, Finished. lightheaded, and the biscotti cookies on board are not doing anything for me. You're withering away to nothing. Correct. Yes, thank you for seeing it that way. But no, I was... I I think they had cut off the people before me, like, at the one guy before me, but they saw me, and they're like, 
just kidding, you're going to be our last person. And then they start turning people away after, like, they would come in line, and, like, they didn't have, and this keto didn't have, like, they were out of almost everything. So I got a bowl, but it was not even in, like, their normal bowl containers. It was just, like, a, like, basically, like, a styrofoam box had, had two scoops of rice in it, one scoop of, uh, chicken, and, like, they were out of everything, so I was like, just please put cheese and sour cream on it. Yeah, that was my dinner. I was Yum. like, oh man, I'm so sad, but at least Delicious. it's better than nothing. That's, yeah. Yeah, you could have been eating a, uh, a Nutri-Grain bar instead. I mean, I guess the other shops were open, but, like, they don't have, like, food food. And you want food food, not just snack food. Right. Sorry. How do you know this airport tangent? Oh, yeah. I bought Dune at an airport. Yeah, you bought Dune at an airport. And I started reading it. And to be honest, I have never felt so superior over other human beings in my life than sitting in an airport waiting for a flight. Just casually. Because I think I look like the coolest person in the airport, right? You mean you are. The way you dress is very, very great. You look like a goddamn runway model. And anybody says anything different, (laughs) they can just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You're always fashionable. I mean, even in that, you look like a stupid... Welcome to my home goods and gardens house. Look at me. I'm ready for my photo shoot. Like, you're wearing something that, that it would be in a photo shoot, 100%. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Sorry for my aggressive love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, once my blushing goes away, uh, reading a 900-page book in an airport in front of other people <laughs> makes me feel like a god. That's not even a weird flex. Like, that's a good flex. Like, not, like, weird flex, but okay. It's, like, God flex, but all right. So that's how I ended up reading Dune. <laughs> Was it made me feel better than other people. And but I- you're not gatekeeping about it, though. Da- oh! Ah! Oh! You went and done did it again! <laughs> because, before we even talk about the plot of the book, Dune was written in the 1960s by Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. It is admittedly a landmark in the science fiction genre it defined what is now modern science fiction okay great it's not everybody's cup of tea it's barely anybody's cup of tea exactly i totally understand that i have a lot of issues with the writing style of dune i'll get into that later however recently (laughs) on the clock app (laughs) tick tock motherfucker (laughs) um i came across someone's Video And typically I find myself on the side of book talk that is very supportive of what everybody likes to read. I really only ever see people's responses to negativity. See people being like, we shouldn't gatekeep reading. People should be mm-hmm. able to read whatever they want. And reading is reading is reading. Like mm-hmm. the same thing with running. If you go out there and you move your feet one in front of the other, you're a runner. You don't have to run a certain time. Oh, oh my god, I'm losing my breath over this. Speaking of running. <laughs> Clearly I'm in great shape. Um, (laughs) But there was this girl on there who was like, am I a terrible person for seeing all the people who only read, like, exclusively, you know, hundreds of YA fiction fantasy books a month and then they struggle reading Dune and think it's funny? And I had to watch it a couple of times to, like, understand what she was saying. Basically, what I got out of this, and let me know if I was wrong, is she's saying that she was better and, like, more valid as a reader because while it took her two years to read Dune by her own admission, that 
that's more legitimate than someone who reads dozens of romance or YA fantasy or whatever books a month. That's what I got out of that. So it sounds like. So, I get pissed. You send me the TikTok. I send Alyssa the TikTok. You send our coven chat a TikTok. Yes. The coven chat is the ongoing discussion between myself, Alyssa, and our manager. Uh-huh. I call it the coven chat for various reasons, but... Obvious reasons, really. Really. We're witches. And I'm like, well, how does this make you guys feel? Because honestly, this pisses me off. And so I responded. I didn't want to say something, like, super mean. I just wanted to be like... <laughs> First of all, I wanted to interact with it so the algorithm would send me more hate. Because I love <laughs> the drama. <laughs> I don't have enough of it. <laughs> so I commented on there, like, really, the only competition here is readers versus non-readers. Like, we shouldn't be promoting competition between readers and saying that someone's books are more valid than someone else's. It's readers versus non-readers world. That's it. Mm-hmm. Someone else responded to my comment. Oh, I didn't even see that. I think I took a screenshot of it. Was that the one? I think so. Anyways, someone else responded to my comment saying, Honestly, I would rather spend my time with non-readers than those YA fantasy readers. Wait, what? Yes. And I was like, oh, no, you motherfucking didn't. Oh, you're right! Oh, no, you motherfucking didn't! What a douche. Let's go lightfoot heavy hand. That is his TikTok handle. Let's go crush him. So anyways, I responded to that with possibly the coolest thing I've ever said. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't say it on here. It was in the screenshot. You didn't send it to us. I Sorry, what'd you say? Oh. hadn't said it yet because I had to think about it. And this is the only reason it sounds cool is because I didn't say it like right off the cap. I said, gatekeeping reading, what a flex. <laughs> That's it. I've never been more cool in my entire life. And... Then I did not get the chance to get a response because the original poster of this video has since deleted the video. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically played a hand in that. You defeated this Goliath. You were David in this scenario. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. And I'm I here sticking that. up for all the readers. Thank you. Because I'm going to lie, when you sent that to the chat and I read it, I was like, I'm on my way. I was like, I'm going to say some shit. Yeah, Liz was on her way to the comments and found the video no longer existed. So anyways, I'm only, I'm guessing that this is a big, like this happens a lot. I would assume so. In the reading community is that people think like, oh, you only read romance? Like, that's not real reading. Or you only read... You you don't read World War Two fiction. That's not real read. Like it's all real reading. I don't understand that. I've never understood that. Whether you read your books on an e-reader mm-hmm. on the computer mm-hmm. from a book that you picked up out of the garbage because that's the only way you get books. That's all valid. Whether you buy all your books because that brings you joy, or whether you get your books from the library because that brings you joy. It's all reading. I don't Even understand. listening to books. If you listen to books, same thing. You're still consuming the media. You're still getting the same story. Like, I don't understand why people feel this need to create a superiority complex around the kind of books they read. It doesn't make any sense. And it's... Like, why do you derive joy out of trying to be better than others in that sense? Like, what is the reasoning there? To quote Chicago, and that's because none of them got enough love in their childhoods. There you go. And that's showbiz, kid. (laughs) 
Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So again, huge tangent off of the original topic. We're but still... I thought it was really important. And it if is. you disagree with me, start a fucking fight because I am more than willing to have an academic discussion with you about this topic and have it never come to blows because I'm interested to know. That's nice. I will be in the comment section hyping Sarah up and only Sarah <laughs> up so you guys can get fucked. <laughs> <sighs> okay, put my soapbox away. Get that out of here. Um, yeah. Back to the <laughs> science fiction classic Frank, Her- Frank Herbert's 1960-something. <laughs> Dude. Alright. Uh, um, she a chunky book. This is this is a brick. It's a it brick. really is. I love these more recent covers with the I do. with the colors and the I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's to be minimalistic. Really, yes, super minimal. I think they're very cool. Mm-hmm. I recently got into the sci-fi genre. This is a new thing for me. To be honest, Aurora Rising by like, Jay Kristoff and Amy Kaufman got me into sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and now I'm looking at them on my shelf because they're so beautiful and we are almost exactly one month away from the third and final book. Oh, you're right! Coming out. I'm going to have to borrow it because I haven't bought the others so I will let you read it and then you immediately have to give it to me. <laughs> I didn't tell you this but Jay Kristoff messaged me on Instagram the other day. <laughs> Why is my heart palpitating? What are you about to say? Am I about to cry? No, 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 no. Um, there are a couple of authors who are just really, really responsive to their fan base on social media. Jay Kristoff is one of those dudes. Stephanie Garber, the Caraval series author, she's another one who just, like, responds to everything that their fans are. Did you respond and... to the your post recently about, like, hey, everybody, Aurora, like, it was, like, your, you just posted it the other day, right? Your, your drawing... Was that what it was? I did, yes. So I put a little drawing on my story of my two favorite characters from the series. I was like, oh my god, literally a month until I get to, you know, see my babies again. And he responded back, amazing! And I was like, Jay, we have to stop meeting like this. <laughs> really, my man. No, I I love Jay Kristoff. I love his books. Um, Ooh, we have to read Empire of the Vampire. I've got that. Yes! Oh my god! Empire of the Vampire came out! I still don't have my copy because I ordered it from, like, a super specific company that's, like, doing custom stenciling on the edges and all kinds of fun stuff. So I haven't read it yet, but, um... I haven't. I'm really, really excited. Oh, and it comes with a tarot deck that's (gasps) based on the characters. Oh my! I got it from Obsidian Moon Crate, so if you want to go support their shop... Obsidian Moon Crate. I will now. Yeah. I love their stuff. Holy shit. So I'm waiting for that one to come in. I'm very excited. You want to give me that sound one more time? Nice. (laughs) Alright, okay, 15 minutes in and we still have not said a single thing about... Hey, this is called Everything But The Book. We're really living up to our name here. (laughs) Someone, one of our newer listeners, did recently say to me, you guys take a really long time (laughs) to get started on actually talking about the book. And I'm like... Check the title, mate. (laughs) It's content creation, okay? We have to say a lot of things. (laughs) In fact, I I don't think I'm ever going to talk about the book this episode. Yeah, that's it. We're done. Thank you for listening. It was literally everything but the book. Uh, Um, We'll talk about the movie, though. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. Yeah, one of our friends got to go see it super early. She's already seen it. 
Yeah, so we were in a buddy read group. <gasps> yeah, that was book. supposed to help me, because Sarah had already, like, been more than halfway through the book, and I was like, fuck, I really need to get in on to do number one, because it's coming out soon, and I need to have some kind of motivation. So Hannah made a made an Instagram group uh, called Doing It Together, sorry, Doing It Together. Doing like, It Together. Doing It Together. Doing It Together. So fucking crazy. Which is really funny. Um, but, uh... Yeah, she posts questions in there, and it helps, it helped me, this is actually my first buddy read ever, and it's helped me understand the book, and, like, get through points where I need to be so I can understand what's going on. I have not been a significant uh, addition to the group. I like a bunch of things, I'm there for the support, but I have not put any opinions because I feel like I'm a trash human. (laughs) And mine are pretty basic. Mine, I don't have very many, like, postulations on the fucking book. I'm like... Two plus two is four. It's good. <laughs> like, that's... Alyssa, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting because typically it's only you and I that ever get into philosophical... Did I say that right? Philosophical discussions <laughs> on books. And for a book like this that's been, you know, out for 50 years, 60 years, mm-hmm. and it is such a landmark in American literature that that it's a big deal and people have had a lot long time to think about it and form their opinions and have it be like a part of their reading story like Mm -hmm. tell me if you agree or disagree twilight is going to be doing for us when we're older oh for sure a hundred percent i don't care what your opinion is on twilight but that book Mm -hmm. changed the face of people consuming written media Mm mm-hmm it did. It did. I mean, also Harry Potter. Harry Potter and Twilight would be the yep. biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. For sure. Because Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, those books were huge. No matter which way you slice it, to this day, they're still some of the best-selling books in the world. We're talking billions of copies. Mm-hmm. For a book to sell billions of copies, that's an unfathomable number. Yes. Unfathomable number. And, and they leave their mark. They really do. And Dune is one of those books. I really like it. I liked it a lot. I, spoiler alert, I haven't actually finished the book. I'm like 87% <gasps> done. I have, okay, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I have like 100-ish pages left to go, because if I'm on 605, it ends on like 794, so I'm like, yeah. I'm almost there. And I like it a lot so far. I can see how this has changed the landscape of things. Now, again, I'm not going to have really big brainy ideas on it, but I really like what I've read. With some minor setbacks. (laughs) Yes. I would agree when I first started this book. So the book itself is split up into three books. Like three sections. Yeah. For a long time. (laughs) I thought the first section was really cool. We start out on Caladan, which is the planet that Duke Leto and his family live on. And he has been assigned by the Intergalactic Emperor to... Intergalactic Emperor Zerg. <laughs> to go um, become the new like owner of leader planet. of Arrakis, which is where most of this book takes place. Now, Arrakis, aside from being a fucking desolate desert planet, is home to what they call the Spice Melange, mm-hmm. or just the Spice for short, which has some kind of medicinal property that helps people live longer. And therefore, it is one of the most shit. I didn't even get that coveted. Thank you for telling me substances <laughs> in the universe. Humans like it because it helps them live longer. 
Huh. And it's worth a lot of money. And it's this is the only place good. in the universe they found that... <laughs> it's like, what? Said it must taste good. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it tastes like cinnamon or something. That's what I thought it was. I didn't even get, like, the lifelong thing. I was yeah, like, oh, it must be just really good. It's their life. Whatever. And, uh, yeah, so people put it on their food and et cetera, et cetera. It's worth a lot of money. Um, and so the story actually follows Paul, who is Duke Leto's son, which... <laughs> For a science fiction book, Paul, I'm really let down by the human's name. name. <laughs> I'm really let down by the name Paul. Yeah, there's all these, like, very typical fantasy names, and then there's Paul, Jessica, Duncan, Idaho. <laughs> Excuse me? What? Mm, you're so right. I was like, what is... Why can't they have cool names? Like, his last name is Atreides. Like, that's pretty fucking dope. Atreides is a dope-ass name. Like, Paul. Come on! <laughs> anyway, so Paul's really young when this book starts. He's about 15. All I can think about is Timothy Chalamet, so he's not 15 in my eyes. So he is played by Timothy Chalamet in the new movie. Now, there was a movie in 1988, which yes. everyone has been like, Have you seen the movie? Fuck no, I haven't seen the movie. Who has seen the movie is my question. Um... I Have you seen the movie? I actually, I haven't, but I did read that the other day. Uh, it was Kyle MacLachlan's, like, debut film. And I'm like, I love that man. Who? It's this guy. MacLachlan. There you go. Thank you. Wait, uh, go back. I didn't even look at the picture. Uh, Who is that? I'm trying to find some more movies that he was in that I was like, I loved him in that. He was in the library. <laughs> Shield. Why can't I find any movies that I really like with him in it? But I really like him as an actor. Whatever. So he, do I you know to see famous. the picture? Yes, or yes. He's coming. Oh, he's in um, Sex and the City. Oh. He plays Charlotte's first husband. Oh shit! The doctor. I never really watched Sex and the City. Yeah. But yeah, he was the he was Paul. That was like his first movie. He plays the um, oh god, I forget what is it. Trey McDougal. That's right, because they got married in kilts and everything. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, I think Timothy Chalamet, excellent casting. Hundred percent. I definitely picture him as this character. Very good. Yes, I like. Very much. I I never I was never like I never saw the appeal of <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Like when he like first came onto the scene, everybody was like obsessed with him. How dare you? And now I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, thank you, digital cover for whatever magazine it was, Entertainment Weekly. I was like, this is my Timothy Chalamet you, awakening. Yeah, Alyssa has talked about this cover nonstop since it came out a couple days ago. It was only a couple days ago. It was, yeah, it has taken over everything. <laughs> but anyways, <sighs> Paul Atreides is now on Arrakis, and he's kind of like, kind of teenager-y about it, where he's mm -hmm. like, oh, this sucks, I wish we were at home in Caledon, you know, where they have water. <laughs> here's, here's where we get to one of my first issues with this book, is that on Arrakis, water is the most valuable thing. Like, yes, that's where they make spice. And yes, they use spice in all their food, but it's so readily available on the planet, but water isn't. Mm -hmm. And so water is the most valuable thing. Frank Herbert, as the author, tells you 
over and over and over again how important water is. All of the characters have to, like, think in their mind, wow, water's so important. Wow, water's so important. I'm like, oh my god, I get it. I fucking get the point. And then what redeems this for me is that there are a couple of points in time where he shows us how important water is on Arrakis. The first of which being, like, the first part of the book where I was like, okay, I'm in. So they send Duncan Idaho, who works for Duke Leto, to go, like... Who we play by Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, yes. They send Jason Momoa out to go make nice with the natives of the planet who are the Fremen. And the Fremen are the people who are like, yeah, water is the most important thing ever, get the fuck out. And there, like, some kind of battle or something ensues, and one of the people who works for Duncan Idaho, like, dies, and the Fremen tribe leader is like, does, you know, do you accept our partnership? Like, are we of the same alliance? And he's like, uh, sure, I guess. And he's like, okay, great. And so immediately they start taking this guy's body that just died, and everybody else around them is like, wait, what are they doing with... Fred, or whoever his name is. I can only assume it was Fred. They're like, what are they doing with him? And then the tribe leader doesn't say what they're gonna go do with him. He just says, the flesh belongs to the man, but the water belongs to the tribe. And that part sent me. I was like, oh my fucking god. They just drained this dude of all his liquid because water is that important on this planet. So up until this time, we had been they had been telling us, all the characters like, oh yeah, water's like really, really important. But of course in the Deuce home, they have water everywhere. Outside, you know, where the normies live. Water is so important to the point where they wear the still suit, which reclaims all your body's expelled water, so all your pee, pee and sweat, sweat and tears. tears, it makes it, puts it into a camelback, essentially. Like it purifies it, puts it in a camelback, so you can survive off of that. And what they take all the people who die and drain the water from their body. How I would like to mix to this. reuse it, and they don't even like they don't even tell you how they actually do it. They just leave you on that. The water belongs to the tribe. That was fucking brilliant. That's when I knew I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna like this book. <sighs> Anyways. I had a brain blast while you were saying some of that, because again, it just, I did not pronounce, I don't know why, you said Fremen. Did you say Fremen? Yup. I did too, until another one of our friends, who is also a fellow listener, said, it's Fremen. And I was like, you know what, that makes sense, I'm gonna say that now. (laughs) Austin. Oh. Yep. (laughs) He would. Austin's like, you stupid head. Because he told me his dad is really into Dune, and like really into the whole lore and yeah. the mythology like behind the whole world, and so he's also reading the book right now. I met him the other day, actually, and oh. his mom, or I mean, maybe it wasn't them, but I met one of, I met either his or her parents, they came for a tour. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So I've seen the man you may or may not be talking about. I have a 50-50% chance. Anyways, hey Austin, thanks for listening. Thank you for telling us the way things should be. And yes, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. If I watch this movie and they pronounce it Freeman, I'm gonna fight you. We're gonna, we're gonna come back and kill you. <laughs> Yet another <laughs> <Burger> house <laughs> in the ground. <laughs>
You live close to me, I think. So uh, yes, easy. <laughs> All right. Um, this has gotten weird. I really, I think it's funny that you mentioned like that was your point for like when you were in. I think mine. It's funny enough. It all has. To, it also has to deal with water. But it was at their house when they were doing the <gasps> dinner table. That was like a fancy dinner of like to show that he's like the new leader of Arrakis. Like Leto has like all these fancy people over and. Um, normally one of their traditions is to fucking dump water on the ground because they're so above it that they, like, they, water for them and, like, these noble people is so abundant that they don't have to worry about water. And so, um, one of them, like, dumps it on the ground and, like, Leto is, like, fucking pissed. And I was like, yes. Wait, I thought he was the one that dumped out half a glass of water. I thought nobody And everyone got really nervous. Something happened, or he said something to where everyone got really, really nervous. Because he said, don't do it. He said, don't put water on the ground. We're not doing that as a, as a tradition, because water is so important. Oh, and everybody was I like... I totally misread that, then. Everybody was like, what do you mean? This is normally what we do, because, like, we're the shit. We... Water is not a thing to us. Because oh, normally they makes do me that. Think so differently about his character. I legit thought he was the one that poured it out, and everybody at the table got super nervous. No, and it was, that's when I was like, "Is this man going crazy? Are we it, witnessing his descent into psychoticness?" It was like the water man, dude. The guy. It was like I can't remember. It was like the tribe. Oh yeah, of somebody. course, the water man. It was basically the water man. The water man did that, and everybody the was kinds? like, "No, oh. it was like somebody who's like on the planet." It wasn't kind of on the planet. True, but he, it wasn't that guy. It was, like, okay. the guy who has served in, like, this noble house or whatever. Oh, okay. For okay. a while. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, no, Leto was like, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. And the guy was like, Pff, and Leto was like, and yes. everybody at the table was like. So that's a perfect example of we say a lot on this show, show us, don't tell us, because telling me infuriates me. It doesn't give me buy-in to your cause. So, mm-hmm. over and over again, especially with Jessica, we see this with Jessica a lot, Ugh. where, so Jessica is the head Benny. concubine of yeah. Duke Leto. She's a Benny, Benny Gesserit. Something like that. Which is essentially a cult witch, and love that for her. She is Paul Atreides' mother. Yes. And she says a lot to herself in her head. Yes. Wow, water's so important to these people. I'm like, bitch, when are you going to get it? <laughs> when are How you going to get with the program here? We know. We know. <laughs> I know. You know. <laughs> yeah. Benny Gesserit. Or Benny Gesserit? I, Shit, I, what did I, I, I Oh you, my god. Regardless. Anyways, the BG. The BG. That's a whole other thing, because Stand right in the beginning, like, I feel like the first thing that happens is that they test Paul. Yeah. They test him because Jessica was supposed to have a daughter. Yeah. Instead, Apparently she can decide. Yes. Wait Apparently the BGs can just decide whether what kind of sex their baby's gonna be. Okay, the fact that we're calling them the BGs now. <laughs> stay alive, stay alive. Ah, 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 stay alive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the BGs can choose what sex their kids. <laughs> now think of the BGs. And she like- picked son. Because of Duke Leto, mm-hmm. because she loves him and she wanted to give him an heir. And actually, what's really nice, though, even though she's the head concubine, Leto actually loves her a lot and yeah. like wants to marry her. But also knows, like, for political reasons, if he doesn't marry her, then like 
um, other noble houses will think that they have a chance and, like, be more agreeable to terms. So it's, like, some kind of weird plan that they've got together. The politics play a huge, huge part in this book. And to the point where they don't just say, oh, yes, politics is very important. Like, it influences every character's decision. Especially, like, once we're just talking about the Fremen tribes, like, even their own political structure Mm -hmm. is super important. Which, a note on the Fremen political structure, (laughs) their religion exists solely because one of the Bee Gees, hundreds of years earlier, was sent to the planet to tell them that one day this prophet is gonna come in the event that one of their own needed to seek shelter on the planet. Their religion is a fucking lie. Their religion's a lie. Ooh. Hot motherfucker. You might have to edit that out. I'm sorry. That's staying in there. (laughs) But I was like, oh my god. Like, for generations, these people have been, like, worshipping the idea of this half-deity-type character that's going to come be their prophet and come lead them, I mean, to the promised land, essentially. Like, kind of mm-hmm. this Moses-type character. The Wadid. Yeah, I, what, I don't know what name they had for him, though. What name, like, they were going to call him. Uh, it's like, uh... It's not Kwisatz Haderach, because that's oh. what the BGs were going to call Yeah. Oh, he's got him. Oh, it's the f- fucking... Oh, my God. Anyways, spoiler alert, it's Paul. <laughs> Paul is this mystical person that they've been waiting for that, like Daenerys Targaryen, has a bunch of names. Yes. He is Paul Atreides of the House... Leto. No. Paul Atreides of the House of Atreides. Son of Duke Leto. There you go. Of the House of Atreides. Yes. Son of... Usul. Usul. That's what it is. Or the preacher, apparently. <laughs> yes. Usul. Is that really what it means? No. They said oh. he's got three names. Three yep. aliases he goes Usul. That's what they call him. Because they gave him the name Wadib, which is just like his tribe. That's his surfer name. His surfer nickname is Mwadib, which means, like, mouse in their language, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yes. Uso means, uh, the strength at the base of the pillar. This is the secret stitch name given to Paul Atreides Pondering, his freeman. He got, he got, he got, like, two names out of it, because, yes, like, his freeman people call him Uso, but then they also call him Mwadib, which is, like, fucking And they also call him Paul. They call him Paul Mwadib. All of the names. It's like, what are you feeling today? I don't know. Feeling a little Majib, maybe a little Usul. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's fine. He's also the Kwisatz Haderach, who's gonna do some shit, bring the galaxy to order. Who fucking knows? Um, yeah, he's the dyad. So he is the entirety of the Force, <laughs> all in one. Um, okay. So lots of great examples of. Herbert as the author walking the walk in addition to talking the talk showing us what he means when he says water is important or the politics run everything or etc etc um there's this whole coup that was intense that I think that might have been where I where the book for me started to pick up 
Yeah, and so in the beginning it was kind of like yeah. it kind of dragged because you were still in the learning stage of what a lot of the names mean. It was still like, okay, if I equate this name to this, it means this. Okay, I'm trying to understand what the hell is going on in this book. And then I think once the coup started happening, it got it. The action picked up, the plot picked up. It was easier to read, probably because we had less made up names. But right. <laughs> so. God, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, that's how, this coup is how Paul and Jessica end up with the Fremen. Mm-hmm. Believed to be dead by all the other fancy people, but yes. very much alive. They were supposed to be eaten by this tremor-like sandworm. Very tremors. Oh my god, all I can think of is Kevin Bacon whenever they talk about the worm. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> my husband loves that movie. Alyssa loves that movie. <laughs> tremors. Like tremors. Kevin Bacon. And some other famous people. Probably. Reba McIntyre is in it. Oh my god, she is. You're right. She is. She <laughs> is. Our queen, Reba. Um, Thanks, don't let me Okay. Out. So overall, this book, a masterclass in world building. Yes. A masterclass in storytelling. This Jennifer L. Armitrout could take a lesson from... <laughs> from Breakover. <Breakout>. Oof. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> I will say my two main issues with this book... One, I mentioned a little bit earlier, is the writing style. I have an issue with the way that Frank Herbert writes inner monologue, because he'll go through the entirety of what the inner monologue is, and you don't know who's thinking it. Yes! Because the whole book is written in a third-person perspective, Mm -hmm. so you don't get any I's or me's, you know, none of these first-person identifications. You get all of the thought process, and then afterwards, it's attributed to, oh, Jessica thought, or Paul said to himself, or, or Johnny this. With one, and then go to the others. Yes, and, and like, it switches between fuck? people's voices really quickly, oh my God. and you <laughs> have to figure out who's speaking, or who's the one thinking. I'm not going to lie, for a long time, I thought Leto and Jessica had a mind connect that they were talking to each other with. Oh, because I couldn't I could see fucking that. get that. Yeah. Because he switched... Points of view that fast, and I was like, "What is happening? Do yeah. they have a mind thing? Are they talking to each other?" So that was kind of hard for me to get into because there's so much of that going on. The second thing is the main baddie in this book, the Baron Harkonnen, who I guess was in charge of Arrakis before Duke Leto, and kind of like runs the business with the spice and works for the main emperor dude um so we know he's the villain because there is nothing likable about him i'm not saying that a villain has to have likable characteristics they don't but he doesn't make sense as the villain to me and i'll explain he's supposed to be running this multi-planetary like organization right and making it so that the spice trade is controlled. And he's supposed to be in charge of all of these people. But he never once expresses any characteristic of like being a leader. Or being somebody that people would follow or listen to. Mm-hmm. He's just... He shows no positive traits whatsoever. So I'm like, why do people follow him. Like, you're telling me that he is in charge of one of the most important substances in the universe, but that he shows no competency whatsoever in being able to manage anything. And that he's so busy being a pedophile that 
he yeah, like, can't do anything else that everyone else has to do it for him. I'm like, with how often they kill people for incompetency in this book, you'd think they would have got rid of Harkonnen a long time ago. Right. So him as the villain didn't make sense to me. I still don't get it, and maybe I just haven't read far enough, but, like, he seemed to be, like, a dude with a grudge in the beginning, and then had this whole plan to, like, overthrow Leto, and then just didn't do anything with it. Like, he assumed everything, but didn't really work hard for it. Exactly. Or, or like, do anything. Like, he got, he succeeded in his goal to get, like, spoilers, Leto killed, and he did that. And then he didn't. Like, for what? What was he going to do with Leto's power? He just seemed to me like he just wanted to get rid of Leto, not take over what Leto was doing. Or if he is, he's not doing anything with it. He just wanted to prove he could, I suppose. Yeah. So on top of all those things of where he seems, like, inadequate to be a leader in this position, he still ends up the leader in this position twice over. Mm -hmm. And then we just add more on top of that of, like, how unlikable can this character get? Let's make him gay. Which in the 1960s was oh, not... Is. Oh, yeah, duh. He likes boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's a pedophile. Yeah. Oh, which, boy. I'm guessing in the 1960s, was automatically like, ooh, that makes someone a villain. Not just, like, you know, a normal thing that is a condition for human beings. Right. Not condition being bad, just, like, part of the human condition. hmm So, yeah. Let's make him homosexual. Let's make him a pedophile. And let's make him fat. Like Job of the Hut. Yeah, I'm eating a very Job of the Hut. Like he has to be on this kind of like suspension system in order to walk around. Like that's how fat he is. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's like why? What? What importance did that hold? If you were trying to make him look completely inadequate, okay, then all these characteristics make sense for him. But you're making him, like, a villain leader. Right, but he's supposed to be kind of like this criminal mastermind type dude, and it just doesn't fit with me. Same thing with the Emperor, but I won't get into that, because... I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have some issues with him as the villain. Otherwise, I do have some issues with the way that women are written in this book. That being said, for a book written in the 1960s, I think women are majority well portrayed. Okay. One, there's more than one of them. Also true. And two, they each have their own distinct powerful characteristics. But that being said, they all still very much literally bow before the main male presence in this book, which is ends up being Paul. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'm guessing you're talking about Jessica and Charney. Those are the main ones, yeah. Okay. There's other ones, too. There's also, you know, the wife that he assumes oh. ownership of. Oh, yeah, that was weird. After this duel. So he ends up oh, beating yeah. one of the Fremen Janus in a duel. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he wins, he gets all of Janus's property, which includes his wife and children. Which was weird, but And it right. was like... Okay, but it was strange. It was strange. Like, I get it as, like, a tribal thing of, like, okay, so you showed that you were better than this man. Okay, you get to have his life. Here you go. Because now his wife needs to be taken care of, and you have to provide that since you killed you killed their husband. And you're the father, you killed the spouse. Like, okay, takes place. Yeah. But weird. 
I also feel like I have to say, going back to Baron Harkonnen really quickly, them making him fat doesn't make him a negative character. Right. Like, the fat isn't the bad part. But in this universe, him being so large, like, people talk about it all the time, how negative that is for him. Like, mm-hmm. they look at him and they're like, ah, he's fat, he's bad. I'm like, um, those are not things that equate to one another. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Going back to it. So yeah, I have a lot of notes on the book. Like, I have a lot of things that could have been better. But that being said, it's the first of its kind. And I think that goes leaps and bounds in what I rated it overall. Yeah. Which was a three and a half. Nice. I was probably going to go that or a four, just depending on how the last hundred pages play out. But that's what I was leaning more towards. Because it is a hard book to get into, uh, I feel like a little bit of his writing is a little condescending to the reader. Of, um, he's just like I get it. Like he's world building. He's making up these words, but he makes up words sometimes that don't need to be there. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like you could have used any other word that would have done the same thing. Like instead, you chose to use a made up word, which is again world building, but also what are you trying to do with that right now? Like, you are you trying to make me more confused? Or are you trying to, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what is going on? And I felt really stupid in the beginning. It reminded me a lot of The Clockwork Orange, which is probably one of the only books I've ever DNF'd. <gasps> I just added that to my list. Because I couldn't fucking get through it, because it was oh, no. nonsense. It, and, again, it it's iconic, and I understand that maybe I should try it again, because it's been a long time since I first tried to read that book, but... I I like to pick up things quickly, and I wasn't doing that for the Clockwork Orange or, yeah. or, or Dune for like for a little bit. And I just I just skip over the words, and at that point, what is that word adding to? Mm, what is the purpose of that word if it's if I can skip it and keep going? Right. Okay. Yeah. I will say, Dune is a classic. But just because something is a classic doesn't mean people have to like it. I feel like people feel really pressured to say that they like Pride and Prejudice, or that they like Dracula, or just books that are Sherlock classics. Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, Little you know, Wind. On War by Sun Tzu, just like there you go. really books that have been around for a long time. Like People feel like they have to say, oh yeah, that book was great. Was it? Did you like it? Did you really like reading The Great Gatsby and the Love of the Grave? I, I mean, you might have. I did. I think I was on the fence about it. I was really upset at the main characters. I was like, this is stupid. Why are you making dumb decisions? Yep. Yep. Or, I don't know. What other kind of... I really don't have a whole lot of class. I haven't read Sherlock oh. Holmes yet. See? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at my classic shelf, shall we? War and Peace? Never read it. Tell Two Cities? Never read it. A Catcher in the Rye? Never read it. What's that one down? Oh, Chesapeake by James Mishner. Never read it. I'm from that literal area of the world. Never read it. <laughs> the Lord's Oysters. Never read it. What's that, an Ernest, Hem- Ernest Hemingway book? DNF'd it. <laughs> Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. Have read it. Amazing. <laughs> um, and then Sounds I have The Great Train Robbery by Michael Crichton. Okay, my, <laughs> my point is that, yes, classics are classics for a reason, but that doesn't mean you have to like them. Right, I did not like Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. Did not like that book. At all. It's over it. Did you like it? <sighs> That's fine. 
I love John Steinbeck. I have um, <laughs> Cannery Row up there. It's probably because I read it really young, and I didn't actually get it, and now I'm not going to go back and look at it. I didn't really like a separate piece because of, oh I my wanted, God, I know that's no. your favorite book. But again, I think that was because of the maturity level uh, that's wh- where too. I was reading, when I was reading it versus what it should have been read at. Yeah. Okay. Another because thing. they make you read all these when you're young, and you're like, I don't give a fuck about this. Same thing with Dune. Again, on that TikTok video, that people were commenting like, oh, I read Dune when I was like 10, or I read it when I was 12, and I didn't have a problem with it. I would have had a huge issue reading this book when I was that young. Um, Maybe I was stupid, but I really don't think I was. I just... I, I would have struggled. I, I would have struggled it, a lot. Yeah, yes, I don't think I would have had an enjoyable time reading it. As an adult who reads a lot. I struggled reading this book. Correct. And that is okay, because I still fucking finished it, so big middle fingers up to everybody else. And guess what? I'm going to read Dune Messiah and Children of Dune also. Which look more like reasonable books. They're much smaller than original (laughs) Dune. (laughs) I think they're about, together they're about the size of Dune. Correct. um, Yeah, like... Okay, I went into a huge tangent there. No, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's important, especially nowadays, because I do feel like we have that pressure, that existential pressure of, like, you have to like Dune or you're not with the cool kids club. No, you don't have to like Dune. I probably didn't like it for a long time. I probably overall, meh. It's not, I mean, it's a good book, but it's not, like, one I want to read again. Will I I would like to read it again. again? Yes. (laughs) I would like to read Dune over again years down the road. Yeah. Not like when it feels familiar. Because this was all brand new to me. I've never tried to read this book before. I mm-hmm. really didn't know anything about it going into it. Um, other than that the main character's name was Paul. And everyone's <laughs> Hi, like, I'm Paul! Why? Why is his name Paul? A question we're still asking ourselves <laughs> to this day. Maudib is a much more appropriate name. Because <laughs> he's a mouse. And that's hilarious. I think so. These people need to shut their dogs up. I see where he's at. There's another dog walking by. That's mm. fine. Oh, that guy's s- doing now. I get to spy on people who hang out in the middle of the street in my new neighborhood. Yeah, what is this man doing? Does he have a baby with him? No, he's on a bike. Oh, there's the baby. I see the baby. Fancy stroller. Yeah. It's like a running stroller. Yeah. Do if you I ever have props to those ladies. That's... That is not what I will be doing. That's gonna be me. Because first off, I'm, gonna, have kids. I'm only going to adopt, like, teenagers, so this will hopefully not be a problem. But props to people who run, especially people who run with a fucking stroller. Because goddamn, that looks awful. You already have to have good cardiovascular to run, not oh a push-up goddamn child. Oh, hell no. Have you seen me doing that? I've been brainwashed. Dude, people run half marathons with kids. I just strollers or pregnant or something. I'm like pretty sure that's super fun for the child. Well, probably asleep the whole time. You, you know what I mean? mean? I like would being do. I would sleep too. Somebody could push me. Every night I rock myself to sleep. Every night I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Dune for today's episode? I... Guess I haven't gotten to the part yet because people have buddy read people in the buddy read have gotten to it. Maybe I was just dumb, which is also that part's true. But they're all already talking about Paul and Chani. 
having like like an adult relationship when they're like 15 years old. I don't know how true that is. The ages I feel like are a little off here. Yeah. I do do they have the sex? Is that what happens in this book? Because I mean, that's what they're alluding to. I just don't know if that's true or not. And I'm going to read it, so it's fine. Yes. Okay, so they're 15 years old having sex. That's kind of like a problem. It's... I don't know how much slack I can give this book. Like, again, written in the 1960s, like... <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. By 18, 19 years old, a lot of people in the 60s were getting married. Jesus. Right? Am I crazy? Am I making that up? Ew. What? I mean, you're probably not wrong, but... I might have made that up. Never mind. I don't want to... I'm going to make that... It is, it is kind of weird. It's weird. Ew, no, I didn't. It that. feels a Ew. little like... Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, like, young. They're, they're very young. And I think Chani's, like, a year older than Paul. Okay, so Which she's makes 16. her 16 and him 15. But he's with them for years. Okay. And I do love... One of my favorite passages in this book is the first time Paul and Chani meet. I have it, um... Read it, read it, read it. I have it dog-eared because I'm a demon. Yeah. And I dog ear my books. Yeah, I see that. There's a lot in there, you psycho. Well, again, while I was busy being better than everyone else in the airport, I didn't have tabs with me. <gasps> what? <laughs> Not you didn't have tab for Frank Herbert's Dune? Science fiction Dune? Ahaha! This is when they first meet. Okay. Uh she moved like a gazelle, dancing over the rocks. Paul felt hot blood in his face, was thankful for the darkness. That girl, she was like a touch of destiny. He felt caught up on a wave, in tune with emotion that lifted all his spirits. That's cute. I just thought that was really sweet. I mean, that's cute. And he mentions earlier, like, uh, oh, dis- uh, he remembered that angry bravado with which he had once described this face from a dream. I will meet her. I thought it was really sweet. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm really upset because this is not in line with what the fucking last page of the book said, and I'm very upset about it. We'll talk about that when you finish it. Okay. I have a huge, huge fucking problem with the way this book ended. It sounds like I'm going to, because I was like, excuse me? You're marrying for status and then fucking your favorite lady? Okay. Oh, okay, so you did read the last page. I did read the last page. Yeah, okay, so the last thing is, like, <laughs> Jessica is saying that, you know, history will remember us as wives, even though we're just concubines. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? That's, this whole book ends with that? Yeah. Are you serious? Like, so Paul's gonna Not marry, marry the Johnny? princess, and Chani's like, alright, I'm gonna go now, and he's like, why would you leave? You are my one true love. She's like, bitch, you literally just said you were going to marry this princess. Like, mm-hmm. what? Piss me off. Like, That's beyond... having your cake and eating it, too. Mm. That's what Paul's trying to do. Mm, 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 mm. Paul, you ain't no Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Girl, wait to read the whole scene. Oh, my Sorry. God, it pissed me off. I mean, it did. I did start, obviously, with off. my normal last... Last line of the book, and then yes, I read that. Because and I was like, you are what? a heathen, and, and then you I read went the last what? page of a book, and then go to read the rest of it. I usually can stop myself at the last <sighs> sentence, but then that's what it said, and I said, "Excuse me, what? What the fuck?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty upset. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, that aside, but we're yeah. really excited to see the movie yes. that comes out oh. next week. I'm really excited because it's supposed to cover a little bit more than half of the book, which is mm-hmm. cool. Uh, our friend said it starts off saying part one, so that's really cool too. That nice. that it's that the movie also acknowledges there's going to be more, and you're not that's not trying to sell you something because for a while. Because I remember when you first started, you said, "Hey, I finally met Zendaya's character," and you were like, "Pages." I was into over four hundred pages in before she shows. Right, and I was like, "How is this movie going to do that?" And I got really worried that, like, with the movie, um, the way it was being shown in the trailers. Uh, at least with this newest trailer, I have a problem with it because it's like Duncan Idaho, Jason Momoa, get, like giving, like telling about like Chani, like she's brave, she's loyal. But I'm like, bitch, you don't even know her. No, you don't know her. You weren't there. Stop it. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's like talking about Jessica or something. Maybe I hope so. I hope you know how they do that sometimes, where they like miss sync some of the words mm-hmm. in the trailer to like. But it's, yeah. Not show you exactly what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to show you. Mm. Because I was like, what? Because the trailer for Dune itself looked pretty cool. Mm. Well, we are wrapping this up. I'm going to leave. I have high hopes for the movie. I'm really excited. Probably going to see it twice. Let's leave you all with a passage. Yes. Read. I always have to do that. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past me, I will turn to see fear's path. Where the fear is gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. I really like that. That was that was some hardcore shit. And on that, follow us on all our social media at everything but the book pod. You got the Insta, you got the TikTok, uh, Gmail, and our website, everythingbutthebookpod.com. Yes. This has been Sarah. And Melissa. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.